Brothers, but not by birth. Family, but not by DNA. David and Adam are two of a kind, and they wanna borrow some of your day to talk into your ear holes about midi chlorians and roller coasters. Those two things are unrelated, but so are they. They're unrelated at birth, like most people who aren't related. Unrelated at birth, but they're brothers in a brotherly way. Now it's time for the phenomenal brother and the golden voice of the South. They're brothers from different mothers, but they're both really proud to be unrelated at birth. Have you ever had one of those days where you just want to punch a baby? Punch a baby? Punch a baby. I can't say as I have. I, okay, I, I didn't want to punch a baby, but this has been a bad day. So I'm hoping that this live episode of Unrelated at Birth will yes. make me feel better. Good this. vibes only for Dave. I'm sending good vibes your way. Doodly, doodly, doodly. Good vibes only. Hey, I, I'm looking <laughs> on the videos on our page and I don't see. Oh, there it is. It's there. There we is. Okay. I promise. I promise. All right, let me start my little watch party, and then I'll do our little intros. No writing. Uh, you going to start your watch party, too? No. Why not? I want to. Okay. <laughs> Fine, then. Okay, okay. Good vibes only. Let's start this. Let's do this right. Let's do it. Be happy. Let's do it. I Let's am you. happy. You're the one punching babies. Well, I, did, I, said, I didn't say I punched a baby. Mm, I just said you, you know, wanted to. Then, well, when you have a bad day, every now and then you want to punch a baby. I don't remember uh, that in that song. Because you had a bad day. You want to punch a baby. <laughs> <laughs> How did you not hear that? Anyway, okay. So we are live on Facebook. We are live in our minds. I don't know. We're live. We're live. Uh, we're we live. We're here. <laughs> in this version of the Matrix, we are live. <laughs> Red pill? Or, no, it's blue or red. Blue or red. Uh, anyway, so I am the golden voice of the South, the human jukebox, the one, the only Dave Adams coming to you live and in living color. I can say that now, finally. Live and in living color all the way from the top of the state of Alabama, Madison, Alabama. You are the phenomenal brother, Adam Joseph Russell. Oh, all, all three names? All three names. Wow. All the way from the mid... Wait, where's my hand? All the way from the middle of the state of Florida. <laughs> Are you having issues? You're busy punching babies. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, we're here. We're live. We're live. Uh, this is going to be a fun show for us. Do we have anybody in our, our watch party? Because you've got the other one over there where you can see who's chatting. My mama's right? here. Hey, mama. <laughs> All right. So this is going to be fun. Yeah. Last week, we talked how much Adam likes Hamilton. And I don't think we've gotten into this before. What? So much. Okay. I don't think we've gotten into this before, but I'm actually, I was a history minor. And so I am one of those weird guys that I love history. Like I, I love weird. Is it? Well, most people in high school, did mm. they like history class? No. Okay. I, I looked forward to history. Hmm. So there's that. There's uh, that. 
I, I, American history to me is just one of those cool things. Uh, you've always heard the thing. If you, those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Well, there are some people that need to learn from history. And I, for one have, I love learning history. Uh, it's it, maybe it goes with the stats. You know, I like baseball stats. I like mm. learning. I get into the weeds of, of how things work, how they, they are. But anyway, so, so, and I'm also and. a big, I'm also a big fan of movies. I was one of the weird ones that liked the movie Butterfly Effect with Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> it was a good movie. I can understand enjoying the premise of it, but I more enjoyed like Ian Malcolm's explanation of the Butterfly Effect than the movie The Butterfly Effect. Okay, well, still. So Jurassic Park, that five seconds in Jurassic Park, then Ashton Kutcher for more than an hour would be my personal oh, choice. But on. Okay, anyway. <laughs> but, okay, so let's, let's mind meld. All sure. three of those unrelated topics mm, together. We're going to do the unrelated at birth mind meld. Punching it all together like we're smushing a baby's head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm concerned for your welfare right now, sir. Please, let's get into the good vibes. <laughs> okay, good vibes only. Okay, anyway, so so what we're going to do tonight is we've got four topics in history, four to five topics. Well, there's two that, that could go off at a different tangent. What would no have way. happened if? So the first one we want to talk, like I said, we're big into Hamilton, but part of Hamilton is the start of the birth of the nation. Washington steps down as president in his second term. Yes. So let's flap those butterfly wings. We're flapping the butterfly wings. What would have happened to American history if George Washington had decided to not step down mm. for his second term and get, go to a third, fourth, maybe fifth term? Yeah. What would have happened, Adam? He would still be president today. No. Um, no. Well, it, it's funny because, you know, he he kind of started the unwritten rule that you would only do two terms. Right. There was not a law in the books until the 22nd amendment was passed that said that a president could not run for more than two terms and could then only serve for 10 years. If you ran into some wacky thing where he was vice president later when another president died or something like that, wow, like there's, some edge cases. Okay. Hmm. There, there's some edge cases where you could serve longer than that in theory, but uh, he actually set that precedent and the two year thing rolled from there. Um, without it actually being a law or two term thing rolled from there without it actually being a law. So if he had gone for a third term, you know, people wanted him to, they didn't want him to step down. So I right. think third term, you're good. Um, I think fourth term people might've started to get a little concerned, <laughs> you know, because they're trying to get away from a monarchy but they away from one him. person. Well, they, they wanted him for a third term. Who knows what would have happened. But there was people that actually thought about wanting him to be a monarch. Yeah, yeah. The I don't think that ever would have really flown, though. But what would have happened to American history is we have a very much, a very higher likelihood that we would have had significantly fewer presidents than we've actually had. Right. I think that's the first effect. Um, John Adams probably wouldn't have been president. No. Um, Thomas Jefferson probably would have been the second. I, I would say, and in Maybe. other scenarios that you play out, Hamilton could have even been 
one of the second or third had not think things played out differently for him. But I think that unwritten rule kept us there. And, and I didn't realize this um, fully until, um, until I did reading. And Kyle says, thanks, FDR. But FDR mm. actually had won a fourth term and passed away a year into it. And that guy would have just kept going. And so it, it's funny to look at some of FDR's vice presidents because um, not Truman, but the one before him, Wallace, was very, very progressive. Like, right. He was into mysticism and like numismatism? very progressive. No, not numismatism. Numismatism. <laughs> Did not collect coins. He was into like, you know, stuff that at the time was very edge, you know, like way out there. And, um, and I think what got people started down that path was if FDR had, had died in his previous term, you would have had this guy as president, you know, who was very, very far left wing for his time. I think a lot of the conservatives, even inside the Democratic Party, got spooked and passed. You know, that's where the support for the 22nd Amendment came in. But but um, yeah, it w- would have changed a lot. Yeah, would have changed so, a lot. So the I Hall of Presidents would only be like a 15 minute show. I know Disney would have. <laughs> wow. OK, so I go down this path of, of looking at if Washington had decided that, hey, I do want to be a monarch. Hey, I do want to be. I don't know. I want to be king or whatever they wanted to call it. You have to remember there were people that actually wanted to abolish Congress yeah. after the Revolutionary War. Yeah. So if they had abolished Congress and just set up George Washington as the commander in chief, but didn't have the checks and balances that were in the Constitution. Yeah. But you still abolish Congress. Where do these checks and balances come from? Washington could have Washington could have done whatever he wanted. And if you go and if you go and look at and listen, well, listen to you can't now, but I say listen to because of Hamilton. But if you go and and look at all these cabinet meetings and all these cabinet fights, basically between Jefferson and and Hamilton and and Washington and and all Adams and Monroe, everybody like that, those guys would have basically duped it out and have printed the country. Yeah. So, so at some point, at some point, there's a very high likelihood you would have had another sort of early war of 1812, but it would have been more of a civil war. I mean, yeah. I think you could have likely had had some division and a dissolution of what they worked so hard to build. So, yeah, exactly. And, and, and really, you know, you don't like the mixtape for Hamilton, but I do, of course. Yeah, because, you know, I like rap. Uh, but so the roots, the very first song for on the Hamilton <clears throat> mixtape, I've got to because I can't remember the guy's name. But there's a a painter that painted the uh, John Trumbull, the, the famous picture that you you know where they're all waiting in line to sign the Declaration of Independence or mm-hmm. sign the the Constitution. That's not how it was. Those men were actually at each other's throats, and it took the room where it happened, all these compromises to, to really form this, this country. Yeah. So I say if Washington hadn't have stepped down for his th- second term, third term, fourth term, fifth term, however they he wanted to do it. I think that Washington probably would have been there till he died. And once Washington died, you know, they were worried about when the democratic Republicans took over when, when Washington stepped down or when Adams did not win the election. They were really worried that there was not going to be a, a peaceful change of power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If at, if, if the Washington step down didn't happen and he was there for like five terms, wherever, until he died, there probably would not have been a peaceful change of power. It's true. It probably would have been a very, very 
tough change of power. Well, lucky for us, George Washington didn't even really want it in the first place. No, he didn't. <laughs> I mean, he literally, I read a book about um, what he did after, and he actually surveyed to, to determine if the Potomac could be used as a major waterway likes of like the Mississippi River. Yeah. And he spent most of his time doing that. That's what he wanted to do. He stepped away from the most powerful, powerful position in the world of a brand new nation to go survey a river to see if it would help America grow. Well, I mean, it would have helped. It helped him, too, because it was on right. Oh, there no, right no doubt it would have helped him, too. But I'm just saying, can you imagine anybody that's in political power today stepping away no. to go be a surveyor and to go back no. to the job they did when they were younger? It's it's unbelievable that he was actually, you know, had had not only the humility to do that, but the, the forthright rightness to, to do it so that it, the country benefited from it all these years later. Not that he yeah. knew that would happen, well, but, no, um, but it really helps the whole thing. So. So one of the other, anybody talking to us in the other one, Kyle, no, Kyle was talking earlier, but nope, that's it. Everybody's being quiet. Under the next. They're, 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 they're getting educated. educated. They are. Hey, we're doing our education tonight. <laughs> All right. So a little backstory on this, not just by the, the, the musical. I've been nerding out this week. I've been toying. I've, a couple months ago, I got into audible.com and I've been listening to books. I, I've, I think I've gone through what, six Star Wars books in the last four months. Yeah. And, and I started toying with the fact of reading or li reading, listening to my history books on, on this. And I've been, I, I got the tickets to see the, the Hamilton play room where it happened, all that stuff. I thought, Oh, let's, let's see what the Hamilton auto or the Hamilton biography is. Well, the, the, uh, what's the guy's name? The Ron Chernow <laughs> official biography of Hamilton. It's 36 hours. <laughs> I, uh, I I decided to to bite the bullet, and and I'm listen. I'm I'm ten hours into it now, and it's amazing. I, I is can't that, is that a one X speed or like one and a quarter? Oh, that's one X. I mean, that's that's yeah, that's the full yeah, thing. Then that's the full thing. I mean, it's it's so his story is so gripping. I mean, a guy who basically should have died in a hurricane, should have died from black fever was I'm, I'm going to cuss, but this is the actual term for this. He was a bastard. I mean, he, he, his father left him. His, his mom's original husband was a punk. Yep. I mean, and just a horrible person. He, he lucked into it because his, his brother <clears throat> became someone else's apprentice. And he started working on the charters, charter companies, on in St. Croix and just as luck would have it. He, he figured out how to get himself off the Island. And then he became one of the most powerful men in the country. Uh, it's amazing. His story is amazing. It is. Um, the one thing that is romanticized in the musical is his relationship between his wife, Eliza and his sister-in-law, Angelica. So in the musical, Angelica is not married at the time and he meets Angelica first and Angelica introduces him to Eliza in the musical. Even though Angelica loves Hamilton, she knows because she's a Skylar sister and she's the only sister that, and you know, he has Phillips Skylar has no sons. She has to marry rich. That's a load of bull. Philip Schuyler had sons. 
at the time that Hamilton met the Schuyler sisters, Angelica was already married and he actually met Eliza and he loved Eliza, but really was more of a, I've got to marry you for money and then move up. Um, but she was but the oldest child though, right? Angelica was, yes. Yeah. That was one of the three fundamental truths. But I mean, anyway. she was the oldest. So she did have a little bit of that, that she had to do whether or not she was the son, but that's she the had funny to thing. continue that it was her responsibility. To but continue that's the that. thing. She actually eloped mm -hmm. with a guy that she, that her parents hated. So she just married to marry. So the, yeah. the three fundamental truths of the exact same time thing, that's a load of crap too, because yeah. she actually married just to get married. But so what isn't a load of crap in the, in the musical and what really did happen in real life, Angelica and Hamilton actually had, there is some question whether or not they had a love affair. They did love each other. Um, whereas Eliza and Hamilton were married and Eliza were, was basically, she wasn't as headstrong and book smart as Hamilton. Um, Angelica was a true, basically Hamilton's equal. Yeah. So let's play this out and we're borrowing from the musical. So we probably might be <clears throat> romanticizing a little bit here. But there's a line in the musical where they go back and Angelica and Hamilton go back and forth. You've never been satisfied. I've never been satisfied. You're like me. I've never been satisfied. So that that you could take that two ways. You could take that mentally or you could take it the way that it's probably inferred. Um, so let's play this out now. What if Hamilton married Angelica? And what if Angelica wasn't married when Hamilton met her? What if Hamilton married Angelica and Eliza did her own thing, so she's never married to, to Hamilton. I'm going to play this out where I think Hamilton was truly satisfied. And, you know, he was always looking for the next great thing when it came to, to Eliza, when it came to Philip, when it came to, you know, he got Secretary of State. No, he got Treasury. He wanted Secretary of State. You know, when Washington left the presidency. He tried to keep him in the presidency just because he wanted to stay in power. He was always trying to fight for that next rung. I think that if Angelica and Hamilton got married, you would still see Hamilton in, in politics, but he wouldn't have been the, the, the workhorse that he is in history now. I think he truly would be satisfied with his lot in life. And yes, he would have stayed in New York, I don't think there would have been the Burr-Hamilton rivalry because I think that rivalry, why is that word so hard to say? Rivalry, rivalry. It's like soy sauce. Soy sauce. Yeah, I think that that rivalry was truly that one-upsmanship. One Burr and Hamilton, you know, Hamilton was never satisfied with his yeah. lot in life, so he was trying to get above everybody else. Um, if he's satisfied at home, there's A, not a Philip death, so his love of duels wouldn't be around. I truly do think that Hamilton probably would have been president there because there wouldn't have been that sex scandal. There, there wouldn't have been, you know, because we do know that that Hamilton was the first uh, political sex scandal. Uh, so I, I don't think that would have been a problem. And then Jefferson would have had dirt to tell Hamilton, hey, get out of politics. I think Hamilton would have followed Washington as president. 
We wouldn't have had John Adams. And the whole stepping down after two terms thing was a gentleman's agreement. Washington was humble. Hamilton's not. Yeah. So I think Hamilton would have stayed. Uh, whoever the son of Hamilton probably would have followed. Yep. Uh, we can't say Philip. I mean, it probably would have been Philip because it was Angelica's father. Yeah. Um, but I, I, there's no Louisiana purchase. There's no, uh, the states would probably be less powerful than they are because he, I don't, was I don't know if I'd go that far though. Well, he was a country guy. You know, he was all about the country. Jefferson yeah. was states. You know, he wanted Virginia to, he wanted Virginia, you know, said his whole thing is why does Virginia have to take on New York's debt? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he wanted the state's rights to, to really reign supreme. Um, slavery would have been abolished immediately instead of letting it fester until 1818 or whatever it was. Letting what? Uh, so slavery. slavery oh, yeah. Slavery. Cause they would have, they would have, you know, they tabled it and said, all right, we're going to bring this back up in 30 years. Yeah. That wouldn't have happened under Hamilton because he was all about abolishing because of his love for, uh, oh, crap, what was his name? His best friend. I just finished the chapter. The guy from South Carolina. Anyway, James. Madison? No, he hated Madison. Anyway, all right, so that's my theory. Yeah, I um, <clears throat> with somebody who's you that tell me worried. history guy. <laughs> oh yeah, when somebody's that worried about their legacy, um, I honestly don't. I the the Reynolds pamphlet and the whole scandal around that may not have gone about the same way. I honestly think though that at some point Hamilton would have, for better or for worse, found a way to do himself in in a sense. I think if it wasn't okay. that, it would have been something else. I think that if you. I don't know that uh, I think you could say that if if he didn't have to publish the Reynolds pamphlet and that whole thing hadn't happened, if you remove that, he could have very well run for president in 1800 and you would have ended up likely with a with a um, it Hamilton it Jefferson ticket. Wouldn't it? Well, the Reynolds pamphlet was 1797. John Lawrence, John Lawrence. Yeah. But That's I think in either in either case, I think you would have ended up at some point with Hamilton and Jefferson being there together with the presidency um, in some way, especially before they had passed where, you know, the vice president isn't the second place finisher. I think you would have ended up. So Jefferson might not have been there. I think he would have though. He had eyes on that the whole time. I don't, I don't think anything Hamilton did would have changed anything that Jefferson did. I think the way Jefferson resigned, I think the way he stepped back, I think all of that was very calculated in a way where even if it wasn't based off of that, it would have happened in some other way. I don't know that it was powerful enough to change all of that. I think it had a localized impact on Hamilton's life and his political aspirations. I think it removed him from the equation. So if you threw him in and let's just say he did run for president, you've basically got him, Jefferson and Burr up there at the top three because it was Jefferson Burr when they ran. Right. Yeah. So you've got him in the mix. Would he have been president or vice president? I think you could probably flip a coin. Um, and I think you could say that because, they flipped a coin between Jefferson and Burr and they looked to him. So I think he would have been definitely in the top two. So I think that if that, if your scenario plays out, it wouldn't have been Burr and Hamilton in a duel. It would have been Jefferson and Hamilton. It could have, that's very likely. It could have been. Yeah. 
which is very likely given, given, given the animosity they had the whole time. Yeah. But I think that, um, I, I think the, I don't think the impact is as far reaching to say that a lot of the later things that have happened, it may have shifted some of it around because of years and stuff. But I think that for the most part, everything else would remain unchanged except for Hamilton's political career. Really? Yeah, I do. Cause I think you're talking about the same group of people. You've just removed one person. Yeah, but the same group of people, I think that it all hinged on that one person. Because looking at it, looking at the story, reading this, listening to the story, mm-hmm. it seems to me that he really wanted to stay gone from, like, he didn't really want to get into politics. He just wanted to stay in law. And then he got brought into politics when Aaron Burr and him were, were going back and forth. And when Washington called him in to say, hey, be my treasury secretary. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I think he yeah. would have stayed home. I think he would have stayed home when he was going to be the treasury secretary. So you think he wouldn't have even gone after treasury? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, truly I don't know. With, do. given, given the ideas that he had and the way that he fundamentally just created from nothing the entire financial system that we that we're that we have today yeah that that was in there i don't know that he could have that he could have not put that out there because I'm, I'm just looking at the nature as it's portrayed and, and as as historians have documented it too right yeah. he he had to write he had to be out there it's who he was to get his ideas out there he but would have played well, a role one he, way or the other but that's because he was never quote-unquote satisfied yeah but what i don't think angelica would have changed that but he, but she was. I mean, that that's the whole thing. When he talked to Angelica, he was always satisfied. So what if he had not just that on the same mind level satis- satisfaction, satis- satisfaction, satisfaction. Holy crap! What is wrong with my voice tonight? What if he had on the, not just the mind satisfaction, but the other part of the satisfaction as well? I mean, so, if, if, if if he was satisfied and never got into it, then he wouldn't have been in the mix and it would have been Jefferson and Burr and everything would have continued as if he wasn't even involved. I mean, you've you've removed him from the equation as, as the whole premise behind that, that whole line. So now he's gone. So let's take that away. Then, then let's, we're going to get, this is the tangent we didn't say we were going to go down. So this is a different tangent. So what if, what if Hamilton was removed? What if Angelica satisfied him enough that he didn't get into politics anymore? He basically funneled his, his stuff to Washington and said, "Hey, this is what I this is what I think we should do." I thought, so I thought that's what you were saying, though. No, he funneled his stuff to Washington. And said, "This is what I think we should do." But hang on, I'm what was, what, what was the first? So, what's the first scenario then? He still still marries Angelica. Yeah, but he's not satisfied. But he is satisfied, and he's satisfied that you know what? I'm I'm not going to let my my ego get the best of me with Burr. I'm, I'm really going. He didn't have the sex scandal. He he got into the politics and he went in and basically won the presidency. And Jefferson's not president because he's he's he doesn't want to step down. If he wins the presidency, then yeah, I mean, I, I can see some things changing. I don't think we would have stopped everything altogether. I okay. think some of that stuff. I mean, you get into preordainment and all that kind of thing too, right? But I think some of that was made such sense in the timing that I think anybody would have been. Oh. ridiculous not to catch some of that stuff like the Louisiana purchase. I mean, that, that was just right there. An opportunity. That I don't think anybody could have missed. And he, he was better friends with the French too. Yeah. But, I, but I, to go back now, if he, if he's to go back to your second scenario, then if he's satisfied, doesn't even get back into politics, definitely nothing changes because then you've got, I mean, the only, the only way he contributed into the 
<clears throat> governmental side of it after the Reynolds pamphlet was basically voicing his support for Jefferson over Burr, which didn't really break the tie, but it did swing people when they cast all the ballots over and over and over and over again in the house to break that tie. But I think, um, I think if you didn't have him doing that and he didn't voice his opinion, I don't know that Burr would have won anyway. Looks like I don't think anybody to. ever really liked Aaron Burr. <laughs> I don't Pardon think they me. ever really liked him. Are you Aaron Burr, sir? That depends who's asking. Oh, sure, sir. So what's <laughs> the third one then? So we've talked satisfied. Mm -hmm. What's your next one? So what happens if everything happens as per usual? Yep. And they get to the duel. And instead of pointing his pistol up in the air, Hamilton does what he normally does, and he aims true and shoots Burr. Oh, he didn't he didn't aim his pistol in the sky. Well, he, he didn't. Mm. No, he didn't aim his pistol. His bullet broke a tree branch right above Aaron Burr's head. He was going for the kill shot, dude. He, he pulled a typical Alexander Hamilton, and he was going for it right between the eyes. All or nothing, and he missed. I hadn't gotten that far behind. He was a good shot, though. How did he miss? I mean, when you're shooting for something that's this size versus center mass, I mean, it's a much smaller target with a much so, harder weapon to aim. I don't believe he raised his pistol at the sky, okay. but I don't want to throw everybody off from the musical. I know he, it's a good story. He taught he he told Philip to raise his pistol. Yeah, he did. He would have told and, Philip not to have an affair. Also, good point. Really quick, another you know you weren't as shocked as this at this, and I was. I just got to the point in the book where they were talking about Burr's backstory. Did you know, and you do, but I'm talking to everybody out there yeah. in podcast land, that Aaron Burr's paternal grandfather was John Edwards, Jonathan Edwards, Sinners in the Hands of the Angry God, Jonathan Edwards. Okay, I grew up Presbyterian. That's <laughs> that's like the Hellfire and Brimstone oh, yeah. sermon, and that was Aaron Burr's grandfather. That explains a lot to me about who Aaron Burr is or yep. was. So the other thing about Aaron Burr that I, I, I read, I hadn't read this in the book yet, but I've, I've actually read this in an article or something recently that it's illegal. Or it was illegal to, if you're in a duel to start target practice and do target practicing to try to get a better shot. Uh, Burr was actually found out that he was taking target practice before the Hamilton duel. And so he was known if you're in a duel, you usually wear something right around your chest. So mm -hmm. they know to aim that, which is stupid, but Burr did it's dirty, but Burr did something smart. His little thing that he had to aim at was up here. Mm -hmm. So around his shoulder, even, even if you were aiming at the heart at the little thing, you were going to hit his shoulder, which would miss his heart. Mm -hmm. So Burr was a dirty Oh yeah. Punk. That's one, that's one of the interesting things for me is that the, the last song about the duel is written all like the, the 10 dual commandments in that section right. is written all one, from two, the perspective two, of Aaron four, Burr. Mm -hmm. And I would have loved to have like heard a little bit more of those kind of things in there. Like I tried to, you know, here's what I did. Cause he talks about Hamilton wearing his glasses and how he's fiddling with the gun, trying to make sure everything's set and all of that, you know, and then he turns and aims it at the sky and whatever. But um, I would have liked to have heard the other side. Yeah, you know, but I, I really do think, um, and and I and again, I think it's one of those romanticized points because the whole thing's not historically completely accurate. But I really do. I don't really think that he was throwing away a shot. 
I don't. See, I think that there's, even though Burr and Hamilton had this rivalry, ooh, I got it right. Uh, even though they had this rivalry, I do think that there was some respect there. And and I... Well, I mean, it's how, it's how people were back then. I mean, you, you could stand there and go into something like that, and your second still could have negotiated a piece while you're standing there. I mean, literally, you... In the in the ten dual commandments, and I think in a lot of this, the culture, if you go back and look, you know they say it themselves: most disputes die and no one shoots. Right. But yet at the same time, here's Alexander Hamilton, who's involved with three duels, direct connection with three duels in his life, and every single time someone shot. Yeah, that's not a coincidence. I mean, well, him, I- him and his the people he was around and the the son that he had had that type of fire in them that I think he had something to do with where. Every one of those ended in somebody getting injured or dying. Yeah. They didn't they didn't walk away from it. And I think he has a lot to do with that. I tell you this though, I, I don't I don't I'm not a proponent of bringing back the duel. But <laughs> I have to say I, I actually respect the heck I'm not, I'm gonna go political for five seconds. I'm not gonna go like on a ideological tangent, but I've got a lot of respect for Nancy Pelosi for ripping up the speech because at least you're doing something and not like keyboard trolling fighting like we've been doing the last couple of weeks on Facebook, snarking, enter, let me comment back, enter. You're doing something out there for everybody to see, you know? And I think that if, if we think in those terms of having mutual respect and not being afraid at the same time to make a public stand, might actually be in a better spot as a country, man. So I don't, I do not say we should bring back dueling. But the idea behind it that I am going to take a public stand for something I believe in, there's something there that we need to get back to. Did so. we just go political? Mm-mm. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. I don't have to drink straight out of the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I'm just saying there, there's something there, uh, uh, that respect piece that you talk about. You know, hey. even if you don't respect the person. Oh, 1792, that <laughs> bottle was evidently made around the time that. Anyway, I think there. that. Um, I think there's something about the way that we hide behind the screen and the keyboard today that I think we've got to get away from. And in the last couple of weeks on our pages have, uh, I really brought that to light. All right. What's next, Dave? Oh, you don't have to get anything out to oh, read. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> uh, so we, we didn't even get into, gosh, all that. Okay. So what if Hamilton had shot Burr? This one's tough for me. Because Hamilton wasn't in politics anymore. No. I don't even think he was a lawyer anymore. Yeah, he was basically being a family guy. It was quiet uptown. No, I think, um, I mean, honestly, I don't know that either of them had significant, con- well, obviously Hamilton didn't, but I don't think that Burr had a significant contribution after that. That was kind of his great defining moment at that point. That everybody Burr went out west and was tried for treason. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing for me where I think that that was the punctuation at the end of the story of both of their lives. Whoever got the period and whoever got the comma, I don't think it really changes anything. Okay. Well, here's one that would change. We're going to go into two more deaths, and you you know who these two are. What if Lincoln had gone to a different play that night? Hmm. Or what if the Secret Service did its job and James Wilkes Booth didn't get into the, the box? John Wilkes Booth. John Wilkes Booth, sorry. Wow. History minor. Thank you. What if John Wilkes Booth didn't get into the box? 
So here's here's my thing. Lincoln was had just been reelected to his second term. Trying to see if I can do this. Um, okay, I'm going to do this the the politically correct way and not the way I think that is would have gone down. Um, okay. So Lincoln had just been reelected to his second term. Um, restoration would have gone a lot easier than it did. Um, Andrew Johnson is probably one of the worst presidents that the country's ever had. He was the first impeachment. Uh, he was acquitted. There has been no president removed from office. Um, so I, th- and, and Johnson was incredibly tough on the, on the South. I think that if Lincoln had been there, the South would have been, had ushered itself back in a little bit easier. Um, Jim Crow might not have been as prevalent. I think the reason Jim Crow was there and sometimes can still be, uh, but the reason it's there is because of how aggressive some of the, the carpetbaggers and the people that were helping the South get back to the country um, were. So it was, it, you know, you know this just as well as I do, Adam. When you do a punishment on your kids, mm-hmm. do they love you? Well, they yes, they love you, but do they act like they love you at the time? Do they think no. that that's for their betterment? No, not in the moment. Right, it's it's the same thing with the South. So the North was punishing the South, and the South pushed back. So I think that pushback would have been a little easier. Now, am I saying that that the Civil Rights Movement wouldn't have been needed? No, because there had to be a culture change. Um, but that culture change would have been a little bit easier than if Lincoln was, if Lincoln was there. Yeah, I agree. I think that, well, easier from a, from a certain point of view, um, because, you know, Johnson basically just gave him everything back. Yeah. I mean, he basically said, here's all your property except for slaves. And that caused um, the, that caused the northerners to yeah. pitch a fit. Yeah, and I and I think that one of the interesting things that would have been fascinating to see if it played out was his ten percent plan because Lincoln was going to be lenient. His plan was going to forgive and pardon all Confederates, and every state would have to redraft a new constitution. Um, Alabama probably would have had a new constitution. Holy crap! Yeah, <laughs> and but I think the thing was that he would have required at least ten percent of the Confederates in any given state. I think it was to pledge an allegiance to the union. Mm -hmm. And I think that would have been a bitter pill to swallow. I think the the low number was like, okay, it's like 500 people back then. Right. I think it was a, it was a, um, it was definitely an enticement and it was like a, Hey, we need to get this over with. Um, Completely different approach from Andrew Johnson. I, I, I I don't know though. (laughs) I struggle with Abraham Lincoln's presidency a great deal. Um, and Are you want to get into a, where I didn't want to get into? No, this isn't a South's going to rise again kind of thing. It's not that at all. What I struggle with Abraham Abraham Lincoln's presidency is if you apply what he did in any given situation, whether regard, regarding the North, the South, Civil War, or World War II, when he suspended habeas corpus, I think that are you going to get some some reading material out? Okay, good. I've got all the time now, folks. Um, 
suspending habeas corpus, I think, was a step too far. And I know that in wartime, there's certain measures that have to be taken. But I think that overall, that's one thing that I think just showed that, man, if, if, if Reconstruction hadn't gone well under Lincoln, what would have happened? Woody would have forced it. Okay. And I've turned that question back over to you, reader. <laughs> that, 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 went that went better than I thought yeah. it was going to go. No, no. It's, I mean, seriously, I, I do struggle a lot with, with that step being taken. And it's actually, I actually have a book and I'm, I've always wanted to read it. I just, you know, you have a stack of books and it's like, this is number three on the list. And then something else goes on top of the stack. Right. But it's, um, what if Lincoln was only injured and was assassinated and the, the United States gets back together and something in the power shifts and they actually brought Abraham Lincoln up for impeachment. Ooh. Could he have actually been brought up for impeachment because he actually went against the constitution and some of his decisions. And I, I honestly think that, that I know mentally we don't want to go there because he was a unifier. He got us through the civil war and I think he did a lot for that, but he technically could have been impeached under the way yeah. it's written in the constitution. And that that's a lot heavier subject to think about than a phone call or a one sentence under oath like Clinton, you know, we, we impeach over trivial things. Now that's serious business that anybody could have been arrested for any time without even being told what they were being arrested for. Yeah. You know, so it, it's just a fascinating, fascinating thought exercise because if, um, if, if he hadn't been, I, I don't know that we would have, that the plan would have worked as well as he wanted it to. I agree. So I agree. All right, so we're, we're running short on this time because, well, I guess our, our next topic's kind of short. Uh, but here's the last one that we we need to talk about. And I think this one has a lot of implications for, well, both of us because of where we live. Yeah. Um, the other the other famous as assassination in in the country. What if December, oh, crap, what was the date? It was November, wasn't it? 1963 is all I know. Yeah. November 7th, 1963, maybe. You're the history uh, major. I know. Minor, minor. Oh. <laughs> uh, I know it was 63. It was 63, November 22nd, 1963. Yep, 22nd. I knew it was November. I, I forget what year. But anyway. Yeah. You're off by a few uh, weeks. So what if November 22nd, 1963 had never happened? Now, if, if we want to get into it, Stephen King actually wrote a book about this, and it's actually really good. It is a really uh, good book. If you haven't read the book, I, I suggest you go to Hulu and watch the uh, the miniseries. Uh, it was really good. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not going to go the sci-fi route. Um, I, I think that there, you know, yeah, th there could have been some weird things happen. I don't think Cold War would have happened. Uh, but what would have happened if JFK wasn't shot by Lee Harvey Oswald, I think the, you and I talked about this earlier on, you know, just on the phone. Yes. We, we have these nerdy conversations and <laughs> not True. just on the podcast. Uh, I think that the space race would have been pushed up a little bit further. You know, he was very much, let's do it this decade. Uh, yes. I brought it back again. Decade. Um, decade. <laughs> I think that we would have stepped on the moon before 1969. I think probably before his second term was up. Uh, remember, he was only allowed two terms because of the 22nd Amendment. Yep. Um, 
if there was somebody that was going to surpass that two-term limit, it would have been JFK because he was, like you said, he was a movie star. He, he, and he wasn't, but he was – I mean, it was yeah. Camelot. It, it, the, the country loved the Kennedys. Yeah. So yeah, a, lot, a lot of Kennedy success, and I apologize to anybody offended by anything I'm saying about former presidents. <laughs> I feel like I have to give that disclaimer now before I give comments. But um, I honestly think a lot of Kennedy's perceived success, um, good or bad, was because of who he was. I mean, it was the time of the Beatles, and it was the time when things, the media was in a in a position where it could sweep the nation in just a few days. People could see video as it was happening. And well, if if you, you know, want to get into it, look at what JFK really did. The Bay of Pigs that was one of the most failed operations in yeah. the U.S. history. Well, and I think the 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 nuclear uh, missile crisis with Cuba. Um, that was a pretty close call. That was the and, and I, Well, the the whole thing, I mean, overall, like the way that it ended in them actually signing the partial treaty and all of that, that, that was really yeah. close. And I think the only thing that stopped it, I don't know that it was JFK. I think it was the idea, because you got to think, this was just now coming to fruition. Okay, we dropped a bomb on Hiroshima. Now nuclear warfare is this big thing. Everybody's proliferating their weapons and all this. I think that's when someone finally realized, wow, mutually assured destruction is a real thing. Yeah. And I think that's what stopped it more than JFK because JFK had a very, um, I don't want to say Obama-esque because that's really not a fair portrayal. JFK had a very um, different way of thinking about um, foreign policy than Eisenhower would have. Right. Yeah. JFK was a, let's be nice and let's just have diplomats and let's give them food and, and support through the peace corps and let's bring the nations up and sometimes there's just some people that don't want to be helped. Sometimes yep. there's just people that don't, that, that soft touch is not going to be the thing that, that does it for them. And I think that touch exactly the silk touch, as you say in Minecraft, mm -hmm. but I, I think that um, there might have run a point where that type of foreign policy just wouldn't have worked anymore. But I think mutually assured destruction was the thing that got us, um, that saved the day. Then I do think that there would have been significant advancements in the uh, in the space program. Yeah, while he was so. There. Let's talk bad. So we sweep all of his innuendos under the rug. <laughs> if he was in there for another four years, would his his sex scandals? Would they? You're using that word a lot. Can you stop using that word, dude? I'm for sorry. real? <laughs> well, I've used it for two. <laughs> You're making me uncomfortable. Well, it, it, it's it, it happens. <laughs> I mean, it's politics. Stormy Daniels. Uh, would his <laughs> inside joke between me and him right now? <laughs> would his Stormy Daniels, Marilyn Monroe, would that have come to roost? Would Jackie O have come come out and said, "Hey"? Look what's happening to your president or with your oh, president. I I, I, I I think there would have come a point, whether it's mob connections, whether it's what ended up happening to Marilyn Monroe, drug overdose, right? Right. In air quotes. It's like Kennedy being shot by Lee Harvey Oswald. You can put all that in air quotes. Now, hang on. I'm not saying that I'm a proponent of that. What I'm saying is that the whole thing, from when he started, tell me you're not a grassy old person. From when he started all the way through, and people he was connected to, there's a lot of questions and a lot of things. What what I believe ends up happening in a situation like that 
is that where there's not information shared and definitive proof shared, it creates a vacuum. And something is going to fill that vacuum. Something's going to fill that vacuum. And what fills that vacuum is people saying this clip of video shows that, this clip of video shows that. And theories start to abound when you can't definitively prove something at the end of the day. So for me, I think eventually Kennedy's bad connections and what I don't believe is a correct foreign policy would have eventually caught up to him had he still remained president. Okay. I, I, I agree. I mean, I, I think that eventually it would have just been too much. And But I mean, I'm reading a book now called American Moonshot. And it's about how Kennedy grew moonshine. <laughs> American <laughs> Moonshine. No, Moonshot. And it, it's about how White lightning. Exactly. How Kennedy and it talks Drink about Warner Von Braun. <laughs> talks about uh, Warner Von Braun and all these guys and how rocketry came forward at it right when JFK was growing up and how they kind of grew up together, the science and the the messenger behind that science who owned the purse strings of the government at the right time. And one of the things it talks about is every time he went out to Cape Canaveral um, and what looked at the rockets and they were showing him stuff before a launch and all the tests and all that, he always wore sunglasses like your Ray-Ban type sunglasses. When people didn't really wear that style of stuff back then, only in Hollywood. And it was that movie star persona and that glitz and glamour way that he handled things that made a lot of people listen to what he said. And I think, like I said, eventually that would have just caught up to us. I don't think it was sustainable, but because the 22nd amendment existed for reasons we've already hashed through limited to two terms, the damage probably would have been minimal, but still eventually it would have just been too much. But okay. I'm looking at the timer. We actually have a timer today. We do. We're at 49 minutes. We are. So I'm going to throw one more out there that we didn't talk about, but we're going to talk about it. Okay. And we're going to do this short. Then we'll do a Virgil ask the question and then we'll wrap up and then we'll do our, we're going to talk about guilty pleasures. Uh, You know, there are some people out there that mentioned spice girls. There were, my wife mentioned following like famous people on Instagram and just scrolling through Instagram uh, we're going to talk about that maybe next week, but yeah, th- this got really interesting. <laughs> I don't normally like doing one topic shows, but this got interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. You mentioned his name and because of where I live, this is a, this is a tough topic. Warner Von Braun was a Nazi. Yeah. Developed rocket technology for him. Developed rocket technology for Germany. Yes. Nazi Germany. Yes. But he said it in a book. Now, I don't know if this was him saying this just because he's here now or was here now. But Warner Von Braun said that he was doing it just because he wanted to get to space. It's true. And he wasn't doing it to kill Americans, death to the infidels. He was doing it truly to... Well, to, to, to further space race. I don't know that the timeline fully jives with this statement I'm about to make. And <laughs> uh, there was a time. Okay. There was, there was a, time. a time. And I'm not saying that, that I'm not justifying it anyway. There was a time that the Nazis were the ruling party of Germany. Germany had to have an army. Every nation has an army. And Nazis were not who we knew them to be. At the time that, hang on, at the time that Werner von Braun was developing that rocketry. They were invading Poland, but they had not yet started to bring Mein Kampf and all of that fully to fruition. 
Well, so they I were still debating polling because because of Mein Kampf. No, I know, but what I'm saying is like the atrocity side of it. Like, okay. like they hadn't started exterminating people in mass quantities yet. So I don't hold Warner von Braun completely accountable because I think that he was holding his nose. Like a lot of people are talking about, how could you vote for Trump if you're a conservative Christian? Or how could you vote for that person if you're this? I think sometimes you have to hold your nose to a reality to be able to do something that you believe is for the greater good. And I think that he got in that at a time before all of the real stuff started to happen. Okay. You know what I mean? And I think that once he saw that, that's when he made his exit and actually absolved so no, himself of that. So let's, let's do this revisionist butterfly effect history, please. What if he never really got wind of the, the, the concentration camps and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And he never saw a chance to defect to the United States. Yes. What if Von Braun had stayed a Nazi? Right. And yeah. I hate this because my town <laughs> wouldn't be here. I yeah. wouldn't be here. Yeah. My grandfather wouldn't have moved to Huntsville. My dad wouldn't have met my mom. The golden voice of the South would not be here. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, if Von Braun had stayed a Nazi, we wouldn't have gotten in the space race, or we might have gotten in the space race and it would have been way too late. Yeah. Um, the Nazis would have probably won World War II because of his telemetry and, and his rocketry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the Nazis would have, it would have been the Nazis versus somebody. Yeah. In the space race. Uh, so if we're playing this out, the Nazis would have won World War II. The, the Axis powers would have won World War II. We'd be speaking German. It, you know what this would have been? This would have I, don't, been, I don't know that we would be speaking German. No, this would be that. Sh uh, what is that show? Uh, Man in the High Tower. Man in the High Man Tower. In the High yeah. yeah. Man in the High Castle. Something like that. Yeah. My friend Jeff Kramer said if he stayed a Nazi, my family would be speaking German. Because Jeff's family is Italian. Yeah. So, Jeff, your family probably would have been speaking Italian because the Italians were, were on the same side as the Nazis. So your family would have stayed in Italy. Yeah. And yeah. Th that's a tough one. Because all the other ones were American history. We can play it out American history. This yeah. one we're going to have to play it out with American would have lost. Yeah. That's true. And would have would have the worst loss in American history. Well, and, and the funny thing about it is, is that I was, I was reading up on this too just now, but more people died building the V2 building it than actually were ever killed by it. Yeah. And it was actually when Von Braun expressed at a private house to somebody that he wished he was working on a spaceship and that he felt powerless to do anything about what Germany was doing, that he was not in a position to change it. And he regretted it and that he wished he would have um, been building a spaceship instead of doing all of this. He was actually arrested mm -hmm. right after that because they considered yeah. him to be defeatist and he wasn't towing the party line. And that's what led to him, to him leaving was expressing that in what he thought was confidence to somebody yeah. else. But oh, yeah, friend um, Jeff. I don't, I don't know that he would have had an opportunity to leave had the Nazi party not arrested him for one single comment that he yeah. made. Yeah. yeah. So my Jeff said his dad's grandfather. So his great grandfather was on the rocket team. So they, they wouldn't have, Oh wait, 
on the rocket team for for von braun when he was in nazi germany jeff you get you, come on now <laughs> there's a story get, there well i know so his grandfather his mom's dad is italian yeah so i, I need yeah. i need to hear i need to hear some of these stories jeff uh, you need to start typing buddy uh anyway oh he said yes yeah jeff um Jeff I need, didn't do anything. No, I need stories. Anyway, <laughs> you knew as a history buff, Jeff. How do yeah, I not but know you, this? But you are you are very correct that it is a very interesting topic to have a building named after a town, a I town mean, named after somebody who has ties back that deep that wasn't actually running from them, but was forced to do it. You know. Yeah. But I mean, how many how many people how many people do you hear every day, you know, that have a political party doing something that that is not obviously not right? Say, well, what are we going to do about it? It's just well, it's, it's the way things are, you know. Right. And and we feel that way today. And I know it was on a much much grander scale back then, but they felt the same way. What yeah. are we really going to do about it? You know, I'm powerless to change all this. Jeff said his his great grandfather's official paperwork says for exploration by the U.S. government. Hmm. Wow. Wow. I'm I'm speechless, and you know <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, it's tough because, in one hand, this man that this town idolizes really, yeah, he, he did so much for the Americans and the space race. I mean, he he built our space race. Yeah. But on this hand, as Randy Travis says, on the other hand, he's a Nazi. <laughs> I mean, what yeah. do you do? I mean, what do you do? A, a man that you and I look up to, Walt Disney, was best friends with him. Yeah. So, but not while he was in Germany. But no, but here's another thing. This is another road we go down. If there is no Warner von Braun, there's no Disney. Tomorrowland was all Warner von Braun. There still would have been Disney. Come there on. wouldn't be any Tomorrowland. There would be no Space Mountain. There would be no Astro Orbiter. All of that was was Warner von Braun. And we would have been fine. We'd be speaking German. <laughs> no, no, wait a minute. Now, no, wait, no, we can't go from if there was no Warner von Braun, there would be no Disney. We'd be speaking German. That's not, we can't make that leap. Disney would have been fine, but had Warner von Braun stayed and the V two been successful. <laughs> It would have been the chemos. Okay. Wow. We spent a whole hour on revisionist butterfly effect history. How about that? I probably could have gone a lot longer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Anybody say anything in the comments? No. My dad's texting. He's, he's, he's got a couple of things. He said that we need to research when we have some time the Venona project. Venona? So that's one history thing we might be able to talk about later. Okay. So there you go. Okay. All right. Well, speaking of your dad, yes. it's time for, we're going to end the show with Virgil asks a question. I don't know. There you go. <laughs> did I do right. it right that time? You did it right this time without me <laughs> prodding you. Good job. All right. <laughs> what you. is Virgil's question this week? And it will lead us into next week's topic. That's right. This was going to be our transition to guilty pleasures. That's a two-part. It's almost like a two-parter. We won't spend Tune the whole show week. on guilty pleasures, though. Oh. All right, so here we go. Virgil has a question. Has a question. Uh, this is uh, this week's question. It's a two-part question. 
the first part is, are you a fan of the History Channel series, Curse of Oak Island? If you are, you know, that's great. If not, if you've watched the show, the second part of the question is, what treasure do you think they will eventually find? Or do you not think they'll find anything? So that's it for this week. You guys have a great week. Bye. So first off, huge fan of Curse of Oak Island. I don't really watch it. I mean, I fall every now and then I do, but yeah, yeah. I um, I I used to watch it thinking, oh my gosh, they're going to find gold. They're finding all this stuff. Now, for me, they're starting to really uncover structures, which I think have much more archaeological and historical yeah. significance than treasure, right? Because I think if you dig a hole and you find treasure, they would leave the island and you never know anything. But these structures that they're finding now actually look like there may have been some kind of shipbuilding or ship offloading and onloading operation on the island. Well, it's in Nova Scotia, right? Yeah. Okay, so it's not American history. No, it's Canadian history, but it has ties to all kinds of countries that they found, you know. Right. And and mostly European at this point. But I think that for me, it, it now is more about that. To the second part of the question... I don't know that there is anything there to find. I think that um, much like the California gold rush, um, people moved out there looking for gold. They settled because they found gold. They built towns off of it. And now California is as populous as it is because of that. If there was something there, I think it would have, people would have gone there. They would have found it possibly have, you know, been some sign that they found it. It would have been recorded somewhere you know, I, I just to think that Knights Templar probably dropped something off and just left and we're like, oh, I forgot about that. I forgot I put the Ark of the Covenant in a hole in the ground in Canada. <laughs> you know, I think that's a little far fetched. But um, but the archaeological side of it, I think, is fascinating. So here's the thing. There wouldn't be all those booby traps if there was nothing in the hole. But I don't think that they know. That's the thing that they're working on now. This season, what actually fascinates me is it's all been like, and my dad put wood, wood, wood in, in, in a text to me because evidently the comments are working in Facebook. But all they're, they're finding a lot of wood and a lot of structures and little pieces of leather that they say are book binding and all this kind of stuff. But I think that, you know, they talk about the flood tunnels that, that, that flooded the money pit, which was the hole that they found with the little tablet that said something and all that. I think that now they they are closer to knowing where that money pit location is. And I think you could actually dig down and actually find those booby traps now. Mm-hmm. Whereas before they were just doing core drills and taking core samples all over the island, not really knowing where anything was. I think they've zeroed it in. And that's the interesting part to me now is knowing, is there really anything there? And I think no is just as an acceptable answer as yes. I won't be disappointed if the answer is no. I know they will be. But I I'll think you'll finally know. But this is the thing. That, okay, so I'm going to close it out by saying this, unless you have anything else to add. No, but for me, this is your show. here's the treasure I think they'll find. Oh, dear Lord. Knowledge. And knowledge at the end of the day is worth its weight in gold. <laughs> Dave has muted his video. I don't know if he also, have you muted your sound as well? No, I'm here. <laughs> Unhide your face, man. <laughs> Wow. That's the stupidest thing. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if that ain't a load of crap, I don't know what it is. If ain't no gold, I ain't interested.
if there ain't no treasure, I don't want none of this. <laughs> All right. So if they want to get a hold of the show, besides our Tuesday at Tuesday evening lives, we're, we're going to figure out what's going on with the Facebook comments. Um, besides our Tuesday evening lives, 830 every Tuesday, guys. Yep. Be here. Be square. See you Tuesday. Tuesday night live. Anyway, if they want to get on the show, we they, we don't have many calls anymore. No. Call the birth line. What is the birth line phone number, Adam? 650-UAB-SHOW. Spell it out on your keypad. Those dulcet tones will make it ring. You'll hear a brief message. Those dulcet tones are from dulcet. here. Well, that's what those dulcet tones should make people want to hear the tones on their phone. And then it'll ring. You'll hear a message. You'll hear a beep. And then you can leave a message. We'll play it on the show. We'll talk about it. We'll probably we, embarrass you greatly. No, we won't do that. Yes. I mean, you you hear somebody yes. that calls in the show every week. <laughs> Virgil asks a question is on the birth line every week. Every week. Every week. And we Still play. waiting on Sherry to call. Sherry, where are you, Sherry? I don't know how to mute my video. <laughs> 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 or else I would do that. Where are you? Anyway, all right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, socials, you see them on the on the uh, on the page there. The twitters. The show is at unrelated or not related bros. Wow, I did it wrong. It's even right in front hmm. of me. At not related bros. I am at d adams four one nine. He is at runtide run. Instagram unrelated birth d adams four one nine runtide run. Find us on Facebook. Like us, share us, comment how good we are on Facebook. Uh, oh, yeah, please. Yeah, Kyle gave us a good review, a glowing review last week on Facebook. We appreciate that, Kyle. Uh, that was really cool of you. Blair gave us one already. Uh, go on on Facebook. Give us a five out of five. Tell everybody how good we are. We appreciate everybody sharing us because the more people that listen to us, the more we have freedom to do more things because more people find us. And, and That's it's, right. it's all about those, those aggregate aggregators, whatever you call them. Aggregators. Aggregators. See, I had it right. Sort of. Yeah, sure. Um, James, Wilson, I make a, pro I will, I will shut up. I will make a promise to you this week by Friday, there will be a poll on the unrelated at birth listener group about Patreon. Um, Adam and I still have some talking to do. <laughs> Got some talking to do. But we, we are going to start Patreon. You don't have to join. We In fact, we, we're not going to beg for it. We're not going to bring it up every week. Uh, it's just all about the show. Yep. None of the money that you would give us would, would go in our pockets. It would go right back into this show. No. No? No. No. This not is supposed greedy. to be a get-rich-quick scheme. No. It's all about putting it back into the show for, for the people. Fine. Unrelated birth is for the people, man. Fine. Fine. We're for the people. We're Fine. like Alexander Hamilton. We're for the people. <laughs> There's a million things we haven't done. Just you wait. Yeah, Alexander Hamilton was also the Secretary of the Treasury. I was ready to be the treasurer. <laughs> Just you wait. That's the treasure on Oak Island is our okay. listeners' money. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> we got a couple of options uh, that we're, we're going to put out there. Just... Choose A or B. Even if you don't think, uh, even if you're not going to do anything, just choose A or B, what you would be most likely to do. Uh, that way we can make a choice. Sounds anyway, like an eye exam. One or two. One. Two or three. Or about the same. About or the about same. the same. Two 
or five? Ooh, <laughs> anyway. uh, neither. <laughs> right. <laughs> I reject your options. I'll tell you. Okay. <laughs> All right, man. So are you trying to wrap up the show and I keep I, not being making I am. You're being you're pulling a me this time. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> we love y'all. Uh oh, www.unrelatedatbirth.com. Uh one of us needs to do a blog. I'll probably do a blog soon. It's your turn. It's my turn. All right. Yeah, the last one was Halloween. That, that <laughs> so was Halloween. Really that was Halloween. Halloween. Anyway. All right, guys. Several months uh, ago. Yeah. We love y'all. We'll talk to y'all next week. And Adam, close it out. Oh, we love you guys, but not as much as Jesus does. You guys have a great week. We'll see you next Tuesday. Call the birth line, please. Six five baby show. That's the one. That's the one. Bye, guys. Bye.